Welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we understand that people are frustrated because they're stuck in particular areas of their life that they want to be free from. The problem is they don't have the right information or practical tools to solve their own problem. Here at the Perspective Podcast, we deliver multiple perspectives with practical solutions that will assist people to become unstuck and on to living their best life. So sit back, relax, get a notepad out. Welcome to Perspective. If I look like what I've been through, I'd be roadkill. Pull me off of the pavement, I'm reeking from the mold still. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Perspective Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, C. Muzan. I got T on the line. Say what's up, T. What's going on, family? He and I are here, ready to give you another great episode. Hey, we're just, we just want to continue to talk about the things that are plaguing our society, our mind, the things that we deal with on a daily basis that maybe we just need a different perspective on. And again, that's the purpose of, of the podcast. For those of you that have listened, we appreciate you guys. We, we love all of our followers and the people that are continuing to join the community Obviously, we, we want more people to join the community. So, you know, continue to share this with friends and family because a lot of these conversations that we're having are conversations that people want to have in general, but sometimes they don't get a chance to express it or they don't have a platform to express it or they don't have people around them that will allow them to express it. So let us be that for you. Continue to, to share it and uh, let's keep the conversation going. So, Today, we're going to specifically talk about something that I know of both T and I have definitely dealt with it in, in our lives, and I feel like a lot of people deal with it, and it comes in many shapes and forms. But today, we're, we're going to talk about right what, what happens, what do you do when you have too much on your plate, when you're getting pulled by all the areas of life and all the places that you have responsibility? You know, what are you doing in order to manage all those things when things can't come off the plate right you you have so much on the plate but you really can't take anything off because they're the most important things they might be family or your job or your business or your faith or whatever it is that uh, holds a lot of priority in your life whatever those things are we have to figure out how do we balance them how do we manage them how when we have really crazy weeks, which uh, I think T is going to be able to talk to you about a little bit as he opens up. But when we have really crazy weeks, how do we manage? How do we deal? What What are the things that we have to do in order to make sure our week still turns out well? And that's that's a conversation, right? Not, not a lot of us have that conversation. We just think that we have a lot of things piled up on our plate, a lot of things that we're responsible to do, and then people handle it different ways. Some people step up to the plate. Some people miss miss out on their responsibilities and don't do the things that they're supposed to do. So it really depends. But I think this is a great topic to give different perspective on. So you know, I'm going to open it up to T. Talk to me, man. Like obviously, you and I are both people that have pressure on us, have a lot of responsibility, uh, maybe in some similar ways, but some different ways. But talk to me about kind of your weeks and when you have that type of pressure T, what are you seeing? What are you feeling in order to get through? Yeah, man. I mean, look, like you said, man, we're extremely busy, <laughs> busy guys. You know, I'm a husband, a father of three, wow, energetic boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I manage a multi-million dollar dealership. I have several consultative side projects and businesses and, and different things that I operate in with, you know, it, as well. On top of just genuinely trying to get myself better and have a space where me and God can get better 
and, you know, me and myself can get better in relationship to my personal development and where I'm trying to go and my mentors and, and how I look at life from a student perspective at the same time being a mentor to so many other people. I mean, you know, you can just look at your calendar. I know I do. I look at my calendar sometime and I'm like, oh my gosh, like my day <laughs> is filled, can literally be filled to two or three o'clock in the morning every day. And it can start at six every day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, if I really like, you know, if I really put every single thing on the calendar every single day, you know, you talk about that, Grant Cardone, fill up your calendar, no white space, no white space. Yeah. It can become extremely, extremely overwhelming. And so one of the things that I try to do is obviously prioritize, like what's most important. And and so even with that prioritization, some you could still be overwhelmed. Like I still find myself extremely overwhelmed because you only can take off so many things, right? right. If you're out here truly living your best life and living my best life is living my life on purpose, right? And for a purpose, with my purpose in mind, right? Like my living my best life isn't living quote, quote, air quotes here, free, you know, just doing whatever I want when I want, it's actually going out there and trying to make a difference, trying to leave this planet in a way that's better than what I was birthed into, right? Leaving my mark, my fingerprint. I talk about that all the time. Like, I believe that we have our own unique fingerprint because God created us to leave our unique mark on the planet and nobody else can do it that way. And so I'm a big believer in that. I have been for like many years when I understood the, you know, how fingerprints work <laughs> and that there's no other fingerprint. I'm like, that's the one place on our body that's unique to us. So I'm constantly trying to leave my mark. But with leaving that mark comes a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. Like I remember one boss told me one day, Chris, he said, look, we as leaders don't have an opportunity to have a bad day. Mm. We have too many people that depend on us, that their livelihoods are dependent on us, like their kids or their kids' kids, for us to have a bad day. And that's uh, that's real. Like, I can't come home and be like, I had a bad day. I'm going to snap off on my wife <laughs> or I'm going to snap off on my kids, right? Uh -huh. Like, I, I can't afford to have a bad day in business. We lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if I have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> other projects that I'm working on, I have a bad day, we lose millions of dollars in investment money. <laughs> you know, so you can't afford to have a bad day, but there's pressure that comes with that. When you're always on stage, right? My wife used to work at Disney um, when we lived in Florida. And one of the things that Disney taught was as soon as you pull your car, if you work for Disney, whether you're part-time, full-time, or an executive, it don't matter. Once you pull onto a Disney piece of property, you are on stage. Yeah. You are immediately on stage, whether you're in costume or not, you are on stage. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with always being on stage. And some people, honestly, they can't take the pressure. That's why they walk off stage. <laughs> That's why, you know, they can't do it. And so for me, whenever it gets like that, that's what I have to honestly lead more on God because I'm like, hey, it's not my strength. I need you right now. See, let and me ask you that question. Let me, yeah. let me ask you that question because I think that that's something that we've been blessed with or we've been gifted with. I'm not quite yeah. sure. Did you always have that? Did you always have that like when you felt under pressure that you always responded? Or did you ever like, were you ever at a place where you didn't react that way? Okay, I, I'll give, I have two answers to this, okay? So one is, well, the answer is always no. I'll say that much. Um, but I 
I was blessed with the privilege to be able to have a father who raised me by himself in a wheelchair in the ghetto of Long Beach, California, you know, L.A. County during the 90s when, like, the Crips and the Bloods and the gangs and, and all the, you know, that whole movement, well, you know, still movement in most places, some places, but happened. And so my, with my dad being such an example of a man who my mom left, my mom, you know, got, you know, she got strung out on drugs and she was totally addicted. So she was out of the home. So I was one of those rare kids where I was, it wasn't mama at home. It was dad, right. right. That left. And so dad is still there. Excuse me. And so I watched his perseverance. I watched his strength. When it seemed like it was overwhelming, he always seemed to be positive and in a good mood, right? And kind of going forward and always coming up with creative ways to every obstacle we ran into when we were short on cash here or something going on there or something broke there, he always figured it out. So I was blessed to have that example. When I got to college, I was good when it came down to certain things, but things that triggered me emotionally relationships did those things when I got overwhelmed everything would collapse <laughs> right so there were certain things that I was really good with when it came down to being overwhelmed like schoolwork basketball pressure like stuff like that but my kryptonite was relationship overwhelming and then that would carry off yeah. so that's why I'm like no to always because I had a kryptonite <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> sure. I, you know, I have a kryptonite that it really kind of throws off my world, if you will. So that makes um, sense. That's that, right. that makes yeah, a lot that, of I, sense. That makes sense. Cause, yeah. cause some people, it's that one thing that can rock your world. Other people, it's other things that could be extremely overwhelming. So you got to be able to identify what is that trigger that really makes you feel overwhelmed, or that one thing that can make you feel overwhelmed when everything else is going great. And I think, and I think so, that's that's the value point right there for a lot of our listeners and. Right, the followers, people that are that, that are consuming the content, I think right there that's 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 the value because everyone has pressures, right? Everyone has things that they have to deal with. But being self aware enough, right? What you guys just heard is that T is self aware enough to know or he figured out where he wasn't the greatest at handling the pressure. And it was in his relationships. That's where he felt the most I guess like you could say, you know, out of control when it came to dealing with that topic. And for people that are listening, I think that is one of the most important things that you can do is become self-aware enough to know the things that you can handle and the things that you can't handle. If you understand kind of your weaknesses and your strengths and you can play more towards your strengths, but understand that your weaknesses are a vulnerability and that that could potentially be a place that you have to shore up in order to be able to get to the next level or handle the next level of pressure or whatever the case is, that's just important to be able to do. And I don't know that enough people out there are able to do that because, and I'll, I'll let you jump back into kind of, you know, your, your story too, but like, I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is when they feel overwhelmed, not isolating why they feel overwhelmed and just throwing in the towel as if like life is overwhelming, you know, like I, I hear so many yeah, people yeah. that are just like, ah, I need a vacation because life is overwhelming or I need to get away from this because life is overwhelming. It's like, but life isn't real. like we all deal with the same stuff in life. 
similar, you know, on a different scale, but like we all deal with similar either relationship or right mental things or family stuff or money stuff. Like it's all kind of the same stuff. But the question is like, how are we able to handle that? And like still isolate, like I said, isolate the fact that it's just my relationships or it's just my relationship with God or it's just my finances or it's just my work ethic or whatever it is. So that you feel like the world's not pressuring you, but it's it's just an isolated incident or isolated topic. I think that's really powerful. And it's something that obviously you've been able to do, T. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this with it. It, it takes a lot of, well, when you're in the storm, like, all you want to do is get fine resolved. <laughs> like, you know, and, and so it's easy to feel like everything is off when one thing can weigh on you so much that you take that with you everywhere. You have to, like, you know, if I want to get practical strategy, like, you have to sometimes take out quiet time. Now, what's interesting, when I started studying about quiet time, meditation, you know, prayer life, or what have you, it's interesting because many, like, in the studies that I've read, many people don't like quiet, mm. right? It's, it's crazy. Like, there's, like, this fear of quiet. Like, you know, it's like when it's too quiet, now they can truly hear themselves right. and they don't like what they're hearing. Absolutely. Right? Right? <laughs> like, you know, conscious, you can tell, say the right thing, but your subconscious speaks truth, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> your subconscious is like, no, you really aren't working that hard at work. You know you didn't really deserve that promotion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, no, you're not being the greatest husband. No, you're you're not being supportive to your kids. No, you're re- you know you can do a little bit. No, you know you can work harder at that workout. That's why you're not dropping that weight. Or no, you know you need that donut in the morning. Like you know, your subconscious is really speaking the truth, and it's there to help you. And so, if I wanted to get like practical, if you will, I would say take the time and be bold enough to listen to the truth from yourself. Yeah. Be bold enough. Like Greg Cardone said something. I love it. I used to say it to my wife all the time. I was like, listen, everybody else is lying to you. The last person that should lie to you is you. <laughs> and then anybody that's going to be honest with you 100% of the time, let it be you at least. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody else going to lie to you. And, 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 you know, obviously I'm not trying to lie. I'm not lying to my wife. But it was a funny, it was a funny remark that he was saying. But he was like, if you're going to be honest, you know, if you want honesty, get 100% honesty all the time with yourself. And I think and that's, that, that hurts and it's tough for people. That's that self, it goes back to that self-awareness. Like people really struggle with calling themselves out, right? They really struggle with like saying, hey, I really suck at this area or, right? Like uh, talk about other mentors, Ed Milet, uh, who some people might might know, but he definitely was a guy that uh, did, did some big stuff in, in my company. Um, but now he's bigger on social. Ed, Ed Milet often talks about the fact that people sugarcoat like even what they say to themselves when, when fat people are like, I'm just a little overweight, right? They're actually sugar, like, no, like I'm fat. That's how you should say it. Like, no, I'm fat, Yeah. right? But people say things to themselves that soften the blow of what actually is happening. They'll say, oh, I'm a little overweight or, oh, I, I, I'm not, right? I'm not in shape right now. They say little things like that, but that's actually what you're doing is you're glossing over. You're not being honest with yourself. And that happens 
a lot of the times. I'm going to go back to one point that you said that was super, super important. Again, something that Ed Milet had said is we only take from life what we feel we deserve. We only take from life what we feel we deserve. And the fact that most people feel like they don't deserve things because their subconscious is actually telling them, no, you didn't work hard enough for that. No, you didn't put in the work. <laughs> like, no, you don't actually deserve that. That causes low self-esteem, but it also, it causes people to not achieve what they want to achieve because inside, internally, they are, they are doubting themselves and they are causing themselves in their subconscious mind to not be able to produce what they need to produce because they don't feel like they deserve it. So most of the battles that we fight are internal battles. So the topic today was talking about right how much pressure we have on us or when we have too many things on our plate. But I'll just clear it up for everyone that's listening. Whether you have right four things on your plate or 10 things on your plate or a thousand things on your plate, it's all an internal battle. It's all about you inside. How are you handling these things? Are you self-aware enough to know? Because here's what I'll tell you about most ultra successful or ultra wealthy people. They handle, they balance their life by addition, not by subtraction. They add more things to their plate in order to balance, right? That's funny not- you say that. It's yeah. so funny. I'm sitting up here thinking attack, yeah. right? Like a- attack. Like, you know, we, we talked about Tim Grover, Grover, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in his book, Relentless, and he's like, no, you go attack, you run into the storm, right? And it's and you can't win at life on defense. Like, you have to score points. Like, you know, I, you know, one social media post, you know, was like, man, I, the Lakers are my team, right? That's my team. They can literally, like, be the greatest defensive team ever in history statistically. Mm. But if they never score one point in the game, they lose. Yeah, <laughs> like, they can hold everybody to 25 points a game in NBA, which is crazy. And, but if they never score one point, they never have any offense, they lose the game. That's right. right? They still lose the game. And I think, like, because of we have this internal, we don't deserve it. We know the truth. We know we're not working hard. We know we failed. We yeah, that and then that over and then we have that one thing that overwhelms us that wasn't fair to us that came on us that that we shouldn't have gotten or whatever if you want to say that. And then we go into defense. Yep. Rather than putting our foot to the metal, jacking up more shots, throwing more passes, getting like really aggressive attacking it and that's the thing i I know it sounds crazy but i i you know um dan loke said embrace being overwhelmed and i I read that i was just like embrace being overwhelmed and he's like embrace it because when you get overwhelmed it's a sign in his opinion that there's growth starting to happen right like you're stretching out like you're now being challenged in a way that exceeds your capacity and that's a good thing (laughs) like you know what i mean you know me and chris come from a a foundation that you know nothing can be put on us more than we can bear and we i believe that for everybody i believe that there's no there's nothing like there's nothing on this planet that will ever happen to you if it happens that you can't bear it no matter how bad it feels, when my when my um you know mom died, you know I know she wasn't in my life, but she still died when I was young, when I was fifteen years old. Mm. You know the next she died on a Sunday. I remember coming home from church, 
And, you know, like, it's still my mom. At the end of the day, we didn't have the closer relationship, but it's your mama, like, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I remember coming home from church, and I walked in the house, and my dad was, like, crying. Like, and my dad's a very tough guy. So I've only seen him cry a few times in life. Like, one hand I could count. Yeah. And this was one of them. And my stepmom is crying. I'm like, oh, Lord, what happened? Is my sister okay? The baby okay? My sister's baby? And they're like, Terrell, your mom passed away today from breast cancer. And this is no lie. I looked and I looked at my dad, looked at my stepmom, and I said, "Okay, and you know, like, you know, how's the other family doing? Like my on my mom's side." And I said, "Yeah." And I was supposed to be going out to dinner with my church family, mm-hmm. and I said, "Okay, I'll be back. I'm going to dinner." And they were like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Your mom just died." I said, "I know." And they looked at me. They thought I was like in shock, and I went to dinner. And I'm at dinner, and they're like, what? And no, I got there. They're like, you see below down? I was like, yes. I said, my mom died today. And they're like, whoa. Like, everybody at the table was freaking out. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then I said, no. I said, I said, I, I said, I was coming to dinner. And then I went there. Everybody's looking at me like, okay, he's in shock. I get up the next morning. Now, if there's a day for a 15-year-old to call out of school, <laughs> I had full privilege. I had a week worth of, I don't know, I can't go to school today. You're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Right to school, went to basketball practice. My coach was like, hey, um, you know, you seem a little down. I said, no. I said, you know, and my mom passed away yesterday. You know, I know I'm, I'm not really, I'm here, but I'm not here. You know, you know what I mean? And I'm not, as, 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 you know, enthusiastic today. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And I, and I said to him at that moment, I said, listen, my mom passed away. I'm devastated. But... I need normal in my life right now because that's not normal right now for me. And I said, the only way to keep things normal is me to keep attacking and going at life like I would have if she was alive. And that's the only way I'm going to get through this is if I keep going forward. I can't afford to stop and to sit in it right now. I need to go attack and then I'll get to a place where I can sit and have a moment. Like, you know what I mean? And that was at 15 years old. When my dad died, I was at work. Same kind of deal happened. They called me. Hey, I'm sorry to tell you, your dad has passed away. I literally broke down, took a knee, got up, walked in the office, and I didn't continue work that day because I had to tell my wife. I knew, like, I couldn't keep working. She would go crazy. Because <laughs> um, if she found out before me and I kept working, I, that was, I would be dead. <laughs> you know? and, but it was, I went right back to work. I went right back to, and it was, in my head, I'm like, this is the time to go on offense. Like, my dad taught me, like, when poop happened, you know, hits the fan, like, you got, I got to go on crazy offense at this moment in time, and that's the only way for me to be able to get through this, and I found in life, when at work, when it when it comes up, mistakes are happening for my team, I go on offense, and that's been the most successful approach when I start attacking it, whenever I start feeling overwhelmed and it's out of my control. Wow. So that's just like, you know, being very transparent because I know people go through a lot of things, death, bad relationships, everything else. But in my opinion, my perspective, you go attack harder rather than go, you know, revert back and get defensive. Well, what's, so that's just my perspective. I mean, honestly, what's what's the other option? Right. If, and I know we're two people that are kind of the same and we put a, we have a lot on our plates and a lot of pressures and a lot of responsibility and a lot of people that, you know, are depending on us. But honestly, 
just for anyone that's listening, like, what's the other alternative? If bad stuff happens or things pop up in your life that are unexpected, do you really think playing defense is the right answer? Like, do you really believe that, I don't know, sulking or dwelling or blaming or, you know, just getting down about, like, do you think that's the right move? I don't know how anyone could think that that's the right move. I understand that everyone's not made up the same. And it obviously, right, just from what we just heard, T, like, you've had this from a young age, right? You've been able to, God has allowed you to have broad shoulders and been able to bear maybe more than the average person, which I said is more of a blessing than anything. But at the end of the day, I just think also what you have is practical, right? If there's nothing you can do to fix the situation or change it, and it's just really an emotional thing, then just play offense. I don't know. This seems very logical to me. It seems like a very logical, like a very logical response. But I know, I know that's why we're having the conversation here on the Perspective Podcast is because I know people don't, everyone doesn't think that way. And everyone doesn't have that perspective. And when bad things happen to them, right, people honestly think that sometimes it's better to throw in the towel. Sometimes they don't see a way out of it, or they just don't know how they're going to make it better. But that's the purpose of the conversation, guys. The purpose of the conversation is finding, is there another alternative? Is there another alternative? I mean, I'll tell you, in my personal life, like I have tons of pressure on me. A little bit outside, if you want to go back to one of the conversations that we like having a lot, me specifically, is this entrepreneur versus employee mindset, right? Well, when you break out and you become an entrepreneur and everything, 100% is on you, right? I always tell people that, yes, I'm an entrepreneur because this is how I've chosen to live and me and my family have chosen to provide for ourselves and, you know, live out our dreams. But at the end of the day, the pressure that comes with that is if I'm not good, I don't make money, which means I don't eat, which means I don't have a place to live, which means my family doesn't get fed or have a place to live. That's real pressure. That's real pressure. That's real responsibility. When you are living a lifestyle that your income and your lifestyle is 100% predicated on you and the value you bring, that's real pressure. So T and I were talking about this like offline before we jumped on, but like we can't afford to have a bad day, right? Certain people out there like myself, like T, like we, we just can't afford to have a bad day. We do have bad days. We're not robots, right? We have, yeah, we, have, we have bad days. We have things that pop up. We, we have all that type of stuff. But in the grand scheme of things, we can't afford to stay down on the mat too long. This is a conversation I've had with you know some of my business partners and people that I do business with just to help them shape the entrepreneur mindset. It's not that your most successful entrepreneur, your most successful business person, or someone that has it all together in life, it could be in their marriage, it could be in their finance, it could be in their faith, it could be in any of these areas that you maybe say, hey, I aspire to that, right? The thing that really gets people to that place where they have it all together is just the fact that they've been through enough things that have allowed them to grow and to learn how to deal with the pressures of life, how to get up off the mat quicker. Not that we'll never get knocked down, but that how quickly do we get back up off the mat? 
you can get knocked down every single day of the rest of your life. But does it take you a week to get back up? Or does it take you an hour to get back up? Right? Just like T said, he just shared the story with you, you know, and being transparent. When his dad passed away, he took a knee and he, that was him being on the mat. And then he got back up and he got back to it. That ability for someone to have to be able to bounce back quickly from the adversities of life, from the pressures, is the key to becoming successful in whatever area. You want to talk about marriage, right? T and I are both married. You want to talk about like what it means to have a successful and a healthy marriage is we forgive quickly. We have more grace. Like It's not that we don't get knocked down. It's the fact that how long do we let that linger? How long do we let that argument linger? How long do we let that, that problem linger in our marriage? Or do we get knocked down and then get back up and fix it quickly? Right? Those are some of the marks, the signs of people that want to be successful in whatever areas of their life. People like T and I that are high achievers, and I know a lot of our listeners are high achievers, you want to be successful in every area of your life. Right? There's there's a lot of us out there that we just we want to max out, we want to be a hundred percent in all the areas. There's some people out there that are listening that you really just need to focus on one area of your life and get that right. And once you get that area right, the other things will fall in place. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to go down that path and get back up off the mat quicker and be overwhelmed more often. The most successful people that are entrepreneurs, especially since we're, you know, kind of, I'm kind of talking about entrepreneurs, the most successful entrepreneurs are comfortable being uncomfortable. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Like just genuinely, naturally, on a day-to-day basis, I am uncomfortable. On a day-to-day basis, I am uncomfortable. I might not know. Yes, I, I run a business, but sometimes I don't know when my next dollar is coming in or where it's coming from. On a daily basis, that makes me uncomfortable, right? There's just certain things that I'm used to operating in that space and it allows me to now, you know, be built with these broad shoulders to be able to endure and withstand more. And that will go down to the quality of your life. If you can withstand more, if you can endure more, if you can persevere more, if you can put more on your shoulders, because like T said, right, our foundation is we know that God's not going to give us more than we can bear. So it's our job to continue to kind of expand our capacity of what we feel in our mind and in our in our spirit, like what we can handle. Most people don't feel like they can handle much, but when you want to really get to the next level, you want to be successful in all these areas of your life, you have to know that you can, God's never going to give you more than, than you can bear. And your job is to handle it, manage it properly and continue to grow in these areas and not get to a place of, oh, I'm just throwing in the towel or life, this happened to me or I got a bad break or, you know, too many people need too much from me or I can't deal with my family and my job, right? Like those, those are things that if you want to be have success, if you want to get to the next level, if you want God to bless you with more than you have and abundance, you have to show that you can do well with what he's already given you. And for most people, Unfortunately, you know, not trying to come off crass or, or callous, but like most people are soft. Most people you know, are not mentally tough enough to be able to handle those things, T. You know, it's funny you say that as you're talking, 
and I'm listening, and it's a hundred percent. I mean, we can't argue it at all. And I and, and so we're gonna play devil. I'm gonna play devil's advocate right a little bit, right? So, what about the person that says, "Man, you know, life is not supposed to be all work," right? Like, look, I mean, if you go and you look at what the image TV and Instagram and, and all kinds of social platforms present is we work to have this, like, we find this rest. This rest is whether we're rich, rest is in maybe in retirement, rest is like living my life. Like, what about the people that are like, you know, like, it's too much. Like, I didn't come here for that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not about that life. I just want to like just live my life, be happy, and you know, I'm removing all the negativity out of my life. Sure. And so it's translated. Like, what about that person that's just like, no, nah, that's just that don't sound right to me. Like, no, I'm like, I don't want it around. What about like, that person? Hey, I, I believe that obviously there are those people out there, and that's an okay way to think. But here's normally what I would tell a person like that, a philosophy that I've had to live, that I live by, that I really just hold true is you're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later, but either way you're going to pay. Okay. You're going to pay now or you could pay later, but either way you're going to pay. In life, happiness is the ROI. Let's just get that clear. If you live a happy, fulfilled life, you've won. Now that makes, you know, that's different for all types of people. Some people happy in fulfillment, right? You need a certain income in order to sustain the lifestyle that actually would make you happy. Some people just don't really need anything but the closeness of family, right? And that's happiness or like whatever. Everyone's definition of happiness is completely different. But that's what we're here to strive for. I think like I think we can all come to a conclusion that like we all just want to live the best life we possibly can that's happy and fulfilled. And I think that that would cover the basis for most. The issue is when people say, I want to be comfortable or I want to be happy, and they're 32 or they're 29 or they're 38, and they just are living their life according to the fact that they want to be happy now. That's great. However, the way life seems to play out And I don't know, I'm only 33, right? Like, I don't know, but I do know older people. I have talked to people in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Like, I kind of see what's happening out there. I feel like I'm pretty aware of what's going on in society. What typically seems to happen is as people are getting older, they're not happy. Like, if you look at the high majority of seniors in our society, mm, they don't have money for health care. They're probably not living the life that they want to. I'll give a, you know, this will talk a little bit about just a little bit ago. We had Black Friday here and I went out and I didn't do shopping, but I was with someone that was shopping for Black Friday. But here, just to my point, we went overnight on Black Friday. So like Thanksgiving night into Friday morning, we were out overnight. And I would tell you, we hit, you know, some Walmart, some Targets, some Kohl's, some different malls. I would probably say, T, over 50% of the people working were over the age of 55. Over half of the employees of every store that we went to were over the age of 55. Now, I don't know what people call happiness, but at the age of 55, 60, 63, my ideal is not to be working Black Friday, Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's not my ideal life. 
However, right? However, people seem to think that 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 won't happen to them. So YOLO, right? Live life now. Like make sure like you you know you can be happy all you want right now in your 20s and 30s and do it. So to those people I say that's fine. Just understand you can pay now or you can pay later, but either way you're going to pay. Me, I prefer to pay now. Granted, we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth. We don't know when we're going to pass away. We don't know when we don't know any of those things. But most people live a pretty long life. And if you're only thinking about being happy in your 20s and 30s and maybe early 40s, then I feel like you're mistaken as to what life is about to bring you, right? And that's the conversation. The conversation is, do we all have to have this short-term thinking of, I want to be happy right now. I don't want to work all the time. Okay, that's fine. But when you're the most able-bodied, when you have your mind is the soundest, is typically when you're younger. And as you get older, you no longer have those things. So it becomes harder in order to generate income, to be comfortable, quote unquote. It becomes more difficult to do that. So why not make sure that you use your 20s and 30s to set your life up to being happy, right? Small sacrifice up front for long-term gain on the back end. This is a philosophy I don't think our society understands too much. It's short-term sacrifices for long-term gain in your health. Short-term sacrifices. Hey, I'm not going to eat these things for this next year because it's not doing anything beneficial to my body. I'm going to cut back on my sugar. I'm going to cut back on soda. I'm going to cut back on some of these things. I'm going to sacrifice it now when I might want to. But because I have the willpower and the options and the resources today, I'm going to choose to not go this route so that when I am in my 50s, I don't have diabetes. I don't have to be on insulin. I don't have to pay a lot for medication. I don't have to depend on the government to make sure that I get my medicine, right? Like that's the conversation that people need to have. This is not a We can all agree that happiness is the ROI. Happiness is what we all want. Fulfillment is what we all want. However, people are looking at it like, I need to have that now and not, no, you sacrifice now. You plant seeds now, right? You plow now and then you get a harvest. It's not, I plant, it harvests, and then I figure out how to plant more down the line. That's how people are playing their life. And that's what I don't think will play out T. That's good. That's good. And and so, you know, to bring more practicality to what can be a, you know, a conversation that seems a little bit like airy, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's one of the things like me and Chris are like, ridiculously practical <laughs> to what we're trying to do, right? Like, if we can't apply it, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But one of those things that, you know, we have to like totally understand is if we're going to go ahead and do this, like, you have to have the right environment around you to have the type of success you want to have like this is not a conversation we're having by ourselves like look i've been ridiculously overwhelmed at things and i had to reach out and and chris was there for me 
right? Like, we're not saying you're going to be like baby Jesus and going through it on your own. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, and even, you know, and even Jesus, if you believe in him, had 12 disciples. <laughs> he even had 12 whole boys. So, you know, now there were moments in time where he, he was in it by himself, per se. But at the end of the day, like, you have to have you know, your team, you have to have the right environment. You talk about going out there planting and harvesting. Well, the soil has to be right for the seed to fulfill its purpose, That's right? You got to have the right environment for it. You got to have it nurtured the right way. This is not a by yourself process. And I think sometimes we get lost in that. Like, I cannot stress enough. Yes, when my dad died, I took a knee. Yes, it was me physically getting up. Like, that was my, okay, life just knocked me down. I feel like I'm on my own. I'm like the head ward now in charge. There's no more, like, comfort of dad being the head ward. I'm that guy now. And that was what was most overwhelming for me. It was in that moment. See, my dad had prepared me all my life for him to die. I know that sounds kind of like creepy, but from a young kid, my dad said, I'm not going to be here one day, son. He's always prepared me. So it wasn't his death that threw me off, even though it was, obviously, I miss my dad, you know, but it was now the mantle is truly passed on, son. You are the ward now. And that is what dropped me to my knee, right? Like, now that's different, right? That's what dropped me to my knee. But when I stood up, I had my wife support, you know, I had my friend support. I mean, Chris, you drove down, you were there at the funeral, like, you know what I mean? Um, You know, I had, I had all of that there. That's the right environment to be able to endure. Yes, you're going to get, you have to, it's going to be a place where you have to get up. Like, you know, like there was the fight last night, like Fury had to get up. There, you know, his trainers get supportive, but he has to get up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was the one that had to muster. But once you're up, you can get back to your quarter, and that's where your support is. So practical, get the right environment around you. If your environment is not supporting where you feel overwhelmed, you may have to change your environment. Now, if you're married... Right, I'm not saying divorce. <laughs> like you're like, yeah, Terrell said get rid of you. <laughs> like, no, no, no. What I am saying is, if they're if they can't support in that moment the way you need it, then guess what? There's maybe other ways. There maybe have a friend, a family, or whatever. But get the support, right? Or go attack it. Like go attack it to. One day they can support it, right? Maybe you need to build up your support in, from your spouse. And that's a whole other conversation in yeah, itself. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, hey, you, like, maybe you have to go build it a little bit, right? So, but you got to have the right environment. You got to have the right people around you to, that, are, that are going to help you out, not enable you. Okay, there's a difference. I'm not talking about people that you talk to when, you know, you want to go just drop all your mess on and walk away. No, we're talking about people that are, like, on the other end, and they are solution-oriented, and they're going to tell you about your stuff. They're going to tell you what you need to do. They're going to tell you what you don't want to hear, what you need to hear. Not somebody that's just going to listen, agree, and it just turns into a gossip fest. That's different. That's not support, right? Like, I have friends, like, you know, I have had 
had people like that over my life where I just wanted to just talk mess to, and they'd be like, yep, uh-huh, that's crazy, and then that'd be the end of the call. They never <laughs> helped me at any time. But it was nothing there. Now, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, there is sometimes good. You just want to go talk your stuff and move on. But bigger picture, you got to have the right environment. You got to have the right people. You got to have the right support system. You got to have the right mentors, right? You don't have a mentor, get one, right? Like, I'm telling you, get one because it's incredible what insight you can get in perspective, you know, day-to-day basis. So that's another practical tip for how to deal with being overwhelmed. You got to have the right environment and the right support system to help you out. That's good. That's good. Practicality, right? Like, because again, for the audience, for the listeners, we want to be able to give you some practical things to be able to change your perspective. And what T just said, we've probably hit on it in other podcast episodes, but it's so true. You're the average of the five people you hang out with. You got to upgrade your associations. You got to get into better circles. If you want to be able to handle more, if you want to be able to, you know, grow your capacity, you have to be around people that have larger capacities than you, right? That can handle more, that take on more on their plate and see how they handle it. And then don't try to compare yourself, but just try to learn. Just try to learn how they handle it. And just like T said, you're going to need people there to support. Here's the biggest thing that I've seen that gets people in trouble is because they actually want someone to just agree with them because that goes back to their comfort. Talk about it, pay now or pay later, but either way you're going to pay right? They want the comfort now. So what's very comforting right now is people agreeing. It's people saying, yeah, you're right. Or yeah, that person's wrong. And you're right. And yeah, you should do this. Like that's what people actually want. But when you step up to the next level, because it's really more about growth than it is about your comfort, then you'll start to accept the truth. You'll start to seek mentors and people that tell you exactly how it is. People that now you may not always see eye to eye with them. However, you have to respect their place, their opinion, their perspective on things because they're seeing it differently. And then the more that you have people in your life that will speak that to you, whether you're in the right, in the wrong, or you just need a different way to think about it, the more you surround yourself with those type of people, the more you will actually become uncomfortable. Your brain will start to think and process things differently and you'll make different choices, different decisions, which will lead to different actions and different results. And that's really what you want. Again, we started the topic by talking about when you have too much on your plate, when you're overwhelmed, when you have too much pressure, when there's too much responsibility, how then do you handle it? And T gave you one of the great practical ways is upgrade your association, right? The other thing, as we start to wrap this up, just to kind of recap, the other thing that that I said is make sure that you are isolating what that area is that you feel most overwhelmed. Sometimes we group it all together. I've been blessed to have been raised by nothing but women and be around nothing but women, right? It's my grandma, my mom, now my wife, and I have a daughter, right? So I'm around nothing but women. So I understand something about the emotional side of how we operate. And sometimes when, and I'll use this example because it's happened in all those women's lives that I just, you know, talked about, except for my daughter, because she's too young (laughs) as of now, but I know it will happen. When they're having a bad day or like something bad happened, it normally gets grouped in to seven other things that were bad. And that's just their mind going to that place, right? There's one isolated issue that triggered something. And then from that trigger, it opens up the door to eight different things that are going wrong. 
that's when they feel like life is overwhelming and things are very, you know, horrible. But once you isolate it and you just get all the way back, all right, so I know all those eight things are going wrong, but what triggered this, right? Was it the conversation? Was it something that happened? Like what happened that actually triggered it? And once you know who triggered it, once you know what happened in order to trigger it, then you'll be able to isolate it and overcome that. So that's something practical that everyone that's listening can also do. If you're feeling very overwhelmed, you're feeling like there's just too much on you, isolate what is the most overwhelming thing? What is the thing that is causing you to feel this way? Not the 10 things, but the one thing. And if we can attack the one thing first, then we work on the second thing. And then we work on the third thing, but it's in proportion or in relation to what your priorities are and what, what's stressing you out the most. That's a couple practical things that we can give you in order to make sure that you are handling your situation better. Because let's just all be honest about this. We're all fighting battles. We all have things that pop up in our life. Like I said earlier, we all have times that we get knocked down on the mat. Question is, does that make you want to retreat and back up? Go into your shell, say, forget the world, forget people, right? Just me. I'm going to go do this myself. Have the same mindset. Does it make you play defense or do you attack it? Do you get more uncomfortable? Do you confront the issues? Do you sit down in silence and solve the problem? Do you spend an hour with yourself to just think, to just be like, all right, well, what do I need to do in order to get there? Which way do you go? T and I will tell you, you should play offense. That's just a, pra- that's a practical way to think about it. If you play defense, you're not going to get the results that you want. Again, like T said, if you're playing a sports game and you don't score a point, you could play the best defense in the world. But if you don't actually score, you're still going to lose. Because even if they only, even if the other team only scored once, you would lose. So you had great defense, but you just didn't have any offense, no way to attack that's what T and I would like for you guys to understand as far as a different perspective. How are you looking at it? Are you looking at things are going to be horrible? Things are bad, too much pressure, right? We need to retreat and kind of close up shop to make sure that we keep ourselves protected and safe and comfortable and guard our hearts and our minds and all those things and back up. Or are we moving forward? Are we actively looking for solutions? Are we actively pushing towards what we want, becoming more uncomfortable. Which side do you go? We'll tell you to push towards the action instead of retreating. But really, that's the question you have to ask yourself and answer yourself. So T, wrap it up for everybody. Give us kind of your final thoughts on this topic of being overwhelmed. Well, I mean, the easiest thing is I want to encourage you because we understand 100% what it feels like to be absolutely overwhelmed and feeling like you can't make it. You can't get enough done. And what feels like there's no solution and no easy answer. 100%. Like there's empathy there tremendously. What I'll encourage you to do is A, dissect again exactly what it is that is bringing the most you know, overwhelming feeling. Because what you'll find out is, like in my case, there's one thing that if it gets fired up, it turns into a, a storm <laughs> compared to compared to other things. And then you can at least attack that and go on offense against that one thing. And then put the right people around you. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, put the right people around you. Yes, you may have friends and family that you love, that, you know, they're your heart and everything else. But when you look at where you're trying to go in life, when you look at your goals, even at work, right? We can we can isolate this to your work friends, right? If they're not helping you get to where you want to go, you want to be a manager and they're constantly talking about how they want to quit, they're not the right person you probably want to spend most of your time with at work because they're not going to challenge you. Sure. If you got, you know, a bunch of single friends or other disgruntled married friends and you're trying to have a great marriage, they're probably not the best people to talk about your marriage with because they're jaded or they don't, they're not about that life. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you want to put yourself in an environment of people where you're trying to go. And then the last thing is be brave. Be brave enough to look yourself in the mirror and have a real heart-to-heart, God-honest conversation. Nobody else is listening but just you. And be honest to deal with your insecurities. Be honest enough to deal with and bring to the table all of your frustrations, all the things that are you know are holding you, you how you're holding yourself back, or things in your life that are holding you back. Be brave enough to have that and be and be humble enough to listen to the answer. I'm telling you, even like I don't I feel like now is one of the first times in my life I'm actually starting to get good at what I do in life. And it's after I was broken and I finally said, You're not that good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and it, it came after I was I finally broke. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I actually am able to do X, Y, Z. It's taken years to get to this point. I thought I knew at 21. I thought I knew at 25. I most definitely thought I knew at 28. I'm 34 now. And you know what I realized? When I hit 40, I thought I would have knew now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And that's how life is. So be bold enough. I'm telling you. That peace, that joy, that YOLO place, if you will, that you're looking for comes after a very honest conversation with yourself, not denying the conversation. And I'll leave it on that thought. That's it, guys. We just want you to have the conversation. We want to be the condo that sparks maybe that thought. But you guys got to have that conversation with yourself because that's really the thing that's going to get you to the next level. So we'll wrap up with the question of the day. And it's a real basic one for the topic that we talked about today. But the question is, what do you do, right? Do you, when you feel pressure, do you attack or do you retreat? Do you go more towards offense or do you go more towards defense? That's the question of the day. Answer it honestly. Share it with us. Trust me, if you go more towards defense, you retreat more, it's okay. Most people do that. That's the majority of people. But if you don't, if you're one of those people that attack and move forward and look for solutions and get yourself out of the situation, that's also another side of it that we, we want to hear. So we want to have the conversation with you guys because we know it's going to make someone out there better, even if it just is one person that maybe something bad happened to you or a circumstance um, or a situation didn't turn out in your favor. The question is now, how are you looking at that situation and... What are you going to do to be able to change the outcome? So answer those questions, guys. We love to hear it. Link them up there or you know, reach out to TNI, wherever you can find us. And we'll be happy to, to continue the conversation with you guys. So 
Until next time, we're going to sign out of the Perspective Podcast. T, say goodbye to the people. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Till next time. And we are out. Have a great week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Perspective Podcast today. We understand that you had thousands of other podcasts that you could be listening to, but you chose us. We thank you for that, and we're very grateful for it. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can always catch Chris on Twitter at cmuzan1, that's the number one, and myself at Terrell underscore Ward at Twitter. Those are our handles. Today, the music that you heard is by none other than Love. God bless y'all. Speak the truth, never telling no fibs. When I walk up in that booth, ain't no telling who lives. No weapon formed against my team shall prosper. I'm seeking eternal life when I'm done. Word to the Father, on. Uh.